0: Good morning, podcasters. My name is Brian Dudeman. I'm Ty Chaman. I'm Paul McGinnis.
1: And I'm Heather Dunn.
0: And you are listening to The CryptoCast. This is a new podcast where the four of us are going to talk about the creature of the week. Good morning, podcasters. You're listening to The CryptoCast. My name is Brian Dudeman. So, the thing that I'm really excited about for this first episode that we're doing is we're talking about Bigfoot, and I think when it comes to mystical creatures, Bigfoot is usually one of the most talked about, like, is he real, is he not? And that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode of the CryptoCast. So, here is what I have for, like, the intro for, like, how we're going to start this off, so that way we can lead into the actual discussion. So, here's what I took here in my notes. So, according to Wikipedia, yes, Wikipedia, I know, but... Uh, it mentions references authors Janet and Colin Bards in the Bigfoot comeback or case book. It, it documents uh, the most uh, that most of the Bigfoot sightings happened between 1818 to 1980 with at least 1,000 sightings. And so now we're going to go into Heather's spiel. So let's hear from Heather.
1: So all of this seems to be the fault of Andrew Gonzoli, uh, according to History.com, anyway. He sent a letter to Humboldt Times in 1958 saying there were loggers in Northern California who had discovered mysteriously large footprints. Um, Maybe we have a relative of the abominable snowman of the Himalayas, he said. Uh, It was a good Sunday morning story for him, and as any ill-founded conspiracy should, it blew up with the clever title of Bigfoot. Uh, Afterwards, people went to dig through old newspapers, found scattered reports of a wild man here, wild man there, but the 50s is really when it became a hot commodity. To me, it seems like America wanted to fit in. Canada has a Sasquatch, the Himalayas have the Yeti, Russia has the Almasty, the Orang Pendek of Sumatra. There's wild man myths all over the world. a TV show called Truth or Consequences offered $1,000 to anyone who could prove the existence of Bigfoot, so then cue incentive for all the hoaxes. Uh, people made 16-inch concrete foot casts, planted them on trails. Of course, we needed a character for him, so we know he's different from us. What could his life mission be? I know he's a sexual predator. Uh... How do we even know it was a male from Footprints? I have no idea. Maybe Bigfoot is that really... Is
2: a show to catch a sexual uh, cryptid predator on NBC. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, except that, that guy would a little be He's going to be a little bit afraid to try to corner them across the coffee table and say, hey, just so you know, we got like 20 cops outside. <laughs>
1: but, well, anyhow...
2: Your carcass. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, it seems like his biggest role has been a fun story. Uh, his first persona in the 70s was a primal, dangerous creature who lurked in the wilderness, ready to rape women. Uh, by the 80s, we gave him a softer side. He became associated with environmentalism, a symbol of the wilderness that we need to preserve. Uh, there's actually a 1987 movie called Harry the Harry and the Hendersons, which I've actually seen. I'm know it's surprising i haven't seen anything but
3: um you know i saw that and after hearing all these stories of bigfoot i'm like you know what i'm so happy he didn't rape that family because like, <laughs> he had the yes. jump on them he's like four feet taller he could easily take out the even to the family dog i'm like oh my god he could punt that thing
1: yeah, that was actually the first I heard of Bigfoot was watching that movie. Um, it portrayed Bigfoot as a friendly, misunderstood creature in need of protection from John Lithgow and his family. But uh, 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 so I know same. We're,
2: we're early and we don't have product placement yet, but if we can be happy they didn't rape the family t-shirts for this <laughs> podcast, it would make my life. Okay, go ahead.
1: I'm actually done. Uh, I, I think we're ready for some stories from Paul.
0: Oh uh, Actually, it's then, Paul.
3: Yep. All right. Aww. So the topic of it I'm covering is, this is the 1967 Roger Patterson and Robert Bob Gimlin footage. So, I mean, everyone who's seen Bigfoot, seen the, the sidewalk and the turn and everything. So the footage was shot alongside Bluff Creek in, um, it's the county of Del Norte, North Carolina. This is back, sorry, North Northern California. My coffee didn't kick in yet back in 1967 so the big thing about patterson was um this guy was super convinced about bigfoot years before that he read like all these articles that was published in true magazine that really caught his extreme interest and he invested like thousands of hours and dollars in just looking through all these sighting areas so it's not like oh he was walking along and just so happened he had his camera and saw this thing like no he was really really looking for it kind of thing and finally after a couple years he actually found it so let's see so there's even been like accusations against some people have been trying to debunk the sightings by tracking down where it was specifically was shot but the whole thing of the location on the creek bed it was lost due to regrowth of foliage in the creek after like a flood two years later so patterson did die in 1972 from cancer but the thing is he maintained and didn't give up the the story that he's like no like this is something he really really saw and he was very specific about it but you can also read his books um it was self-published and this was actually i believe a year or two before the sighting. um his patterson's book is called do abominable snowmen of america really exist and it was self-published um if you want a little fun read for a road trip or whatever dive into it um let's see So let's go into their stories. So as it went, early in the afternoon of Friday, October 20th, 1967, both Patterson and Giltman were riding General Northeast on horseback along the east bank of Bluff Creek. So sometime between 1 and 140, they came, quote unquote, you'll hear that a lot with us in the next coming weeks, came to an overturned tree with a large root system at a trunk and it turned into basically the creek. And it was almost as high as a room. So it's like a big tree overturned. I don't know if this creature or whatever could have done that, pushed over a tree if it was pissed off or it just fell because it's natural. But essentially, let's see where we are now. Okay. When they rounded it, so they went around there. And quote, unquote, there was a crow's nest over the left up from where the flood was. So it could have been damaged from the flood. And then they spotted the figure behind it nearly simultaneously. It was either, quote-unquote, crouching beside the creek to their left or standing there, opposed to the bank. So doing what everyone does, they flipped up their cameras, but back then they didn't have the cell phones to do what everyone does nowadays and posting all over social media. So the whole thing is, yep, the film shows what Patterson and Gilman claimed was a large, hairy, bipedal, ape-like figure with short silvery brown or dark reddish or black hair covering most of its body, including its prominent body features in front. So they couldn't really tell if it was a man or a woman. So the figure in the film generally matches descriptions of what Bigfoot is offered to be looking like, but there's been just so much media coverage like this. You can find hundreds of, and dozens of like articles and books on what they claimed and all their interviews and everything. But it was just so intense of a situation that, I mean, back in the day, you got to think in the sixties, if they really had, if it was a hoax, to be able to make that like special effects in film, like me, Paul, and actually all of us, Heather and Brian come from a film background of being able to do that. But these guys were constantly accused of basically setting up a hoax just for a money grab. But both of these guys did die swearing that, hey, this this is real footage. This is not a hoax or anything like that. And then Heather or Paul?
2: It's Paul Sir. My turn. Okay. Uh, my topic was most recent sightings. And let me tell you, there is a wealth of information available to you if you care to look for it. And I did care to. Um, <laughs> some of my favorites. There was, there was actually a, a few compelling pieces out there in very, very recent. I think the most compelling I found was uh, January of 2020. So, very recently, Washington State Department of Transportation webcam. Uh, which I'm assuming was just to catch speeders and whatnot, caught a couple very very interesting images of a large hairy creature walking through the woods, and they posted it up there. You can find that online. Um, I also found that recent DNA evidence has been found by the uh, Sesquatch Genome Project from Dallas. This is a group run by Adrian Erickson who is a zany millionaire, from what I can tell, and has composed a think tank, as it were, to help find evidence. And in the, in the news clip that I saw, uh, now, now, Heather, here's where I want your scientific mind involved here. They interviewed Troy Hudson, didn't tell what his credentials were, but his, his biggest uh, argument towards their evidence was, you're not dealing with an animal you're dealing with something that walks around on two legs, has children and has a language.
3: That's a and, weird you know, upsetting animals, name to, that, to talk that, about Shaquille that, O'Neal.
2: That Cause you know, uh, uh, no animals have babies or talk. So uh, I really got the feeling that Troy was the drunk uncle of the group. You know, the ones that uh, every family gathering, you don't really want to talk. let me tell you something about them to marry Don't even get me started. They, they have babies. No, I'll, I'll tell you right now.
3: They're having babies and talking. So, um, I was like, hey, you, you see that Harry Anderson's movie? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> you no, know, you know, he really raped the family, and that's how they repopulated.
2: <laughs> uh, that's a family rape, isn't it, now? Uh, <laughs> now, my absolute favorite piece of evidence was, uh, and please, please, everyone, do themselves a favor and track down themselves. Um, there was video footage from Salt Salt Fork State Park in Eastern Ohio, which, and I quote, is said to be the squatchiest place in Ohio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> squatchiest is now an adjective. And uh, there is, there's a, a long piece. It's about a 10-minute clip. And when I say clip, it's one of the best edited films I've ever seen. This thing puts the Blur Witch Project to shame. It's found footage They use drones, and they use, there's multiple angles it's just a beautiful beautiful thing um at one point they come across a comically large pile of uh random rib cages uh of various animals they say probably deer and then they catch footage of something walking in the distance which couldn't possibly be a man in a suit and uh my favorite moment is about the seven minute mark where they actually capture footage of the creature Making a sound, I'm going to do my best to recreate it right now for you all, just so you can share the moment with me, okay?
3: Ladies, listen you up. Your,
2: you have your entire seat. You're only going to need the edge right now, okay? You ready? Here we go. <laughs> oh um, I think I was sold right. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me re- recreate that, that's, okay? That's the, right. that's the mating
3: call. Yep.
2: Is, I know, right now in uh, Lackawanna, a bunch of Bigfoot just went, hey, hey, what's that? them that, that must be spitting. that's what they yep. were saying right um there's a lot of other local ones uh, on january 8th there was a big rig driver that was hauling a load of idaho potatoes they felt the need to to specifically tell you this in scripio utah and he say he said he caught one with his high beams uh he saw something that was between eight and ten feet tall black hair big eyebrows and long, lanky arms proportionately long, longer than a human. Those are just some of the highlights um, on my standard little Google search, which was my major
3: research right there. I feel like they just saw like a very Italian man with the birth deformity that he just has ah. really long arms.
1: Yeah, there are people with like a genetic mutation that like it just makes them hairy. So maybe they're just trying to live.
3: Like, mm-hmm. like I was born ugly, and I just consider that I'm mutated. So. <laughs>
1: so ugly can't we can't know. show
3: him on here you know like it's probably something like oh like they dropped me enough times just to try to reform my face and my dad's like oh if you know if we drop him one more time he's gonna be a filmmaker and then i'm <laughs> gonna have to leave <laughs> Oh no! but yeah i it's it's just so funny and stuff but yeah with bigfoot sightings too um there's another recent one this was about like a month and a half ago and this town in north carolina um, I keep forgetting the name of it because I know my dad lives there and I don't really care. Um, Charlotte, it was in Charlotte, North Carolina that there's been at least four or five sightings and this actually broke news and police departments got involved in everything too. Um, if you guys search online for Bigfoot sightings, Charlotte, North Carolina for 2020, you'll find a, this video. This was actually covered on the radio as well that I was listening to one day at work. And it's this old guy, just so petrified of, he's like, yeah, yeah, I saw something. It was it was really, really big and black and had big feet. I'm like, okay, he saw Shaquille O'Neal campaign outside. And he asked him, he's like, yeah, did they asked him on the, the video, like, did did he know that you were there? Did he acknowledge you? And he's like, Yeah. And then deep down, like, this thing fucking raped him. But yeah, it's well, just it's so it's so crazy with all the testimonies going on of there's all this stuff in North Carolina, it's down in Texas, Ohio, it's, there's just so many multiple things, and there's also, if anyone wants to do the homework, um, in possible relation to the Yeti in Mongolia and everything, that Destination Truth went there, it was actually their season two premiere, season two episode one, and they actually got what is confirmed as the footprint of the Yeti, and I know a couple episodes or so they might have gotten hair samples, but this was like such a big deal to them that not only was it a tv program but they actually found credible proof of something bipedal living walking around in like the the mountains and everything and something related to us and heather it's on you go ahead
1: i was just gonna point out that i talk about the hair
3: okay go ahead
1: how <laughs> <laughs> oh, were you done
3: yes i'm done yes I, I I will muzzle myself. So
0: <laughs> oh, this is Heather's last kind of like, send us home before we get into bullshit or uh, truth. So Heather, do the honors, please.
1: Oh, what a torch to bear. Uh, so as far as any legitimate research, there have been some sound studies uh, in Proceedings of the Royal Society B, Institute of Human Genetics Researcher, Brian Sykes, I think that's how you spell that? S y or say that S y k e s. um And his colleagues published the identity of thirty hair samples that people submitted, claiming to have been shed by anim- animalist primates from Texas to Washington. Um, they ended up being from raccoons, sheep, black bears, porcupines, horses. It was a
3: big damn raccoon, I tell you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, canids, like the um, the dog family, wolves, coyotes, uh, deer, cows, um, that seems to pretty much be the case around the world. Uh, supposed pendek hair has come from tapir. Almaty originated with bears, horses, cows, raccoons. Something that did perk my interest is that one of the Yeti hairs best matched a genetic sequence from a bear that lived in the Himalayas over 40,000 years ago. It seems likely there is an unrecognized species of bear in the Himalayas, likely a recent polar bear with darker hair that may be like a hybrid between polar bears and brown bears. They're actually pretty close genetically. I've read before that if polar bears were to go extinct, we could probably naturally select for them from brown bears. Um, the same way we might influence dog breeding to get a specific outcome. You know, well, like, a lot why
2: influence dog breeding. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But mo- I think most people are familiar with breeding the largest dogs with the biggest, fluffiest white coat, for example. So they think we could do that with brown bears to get a polar bear again. Um, just a way to influence the way that evolution has always worked.
2: So are, are you trying to imply that we should start uh, breeding the Sasquatches and have like the best in show? Yeah,
1: I mean board. we might be able to get a Sasquatch from some humans I know. Yeah, all right, all right, I'm for it. <laughs> we'll just genetically select for Sasquatch. Um, <laughs> maybe find the rapiest people. Yeah. <laughs> um. I would like to point out I've been to Northern California. A good friend of mine took me to visit his uncle who basically owns a mountain there. Um, I've done a lot of hiking. Exploring the wilderness is my first priority when I travel and any abandoned wilderness I've found is still pretty overrun with rednecks. I don't think there's much that could be hiding anymore, um, unless it's in caves or something we can't access without, say, an engineering team. Um, Bigfoot is seemingly a mammal, um, and knowing mammal needs, I imagine he can't live exclusively in caves. It could be safe for him, but he would need to come out for food in search of mates, etc. Aside from deep ocean and caves I don't think there's really any places left that humans haven't rubbed their grimy little hands cheap wranglers and Coors Light all over
2: (laughs) and we're calling them the rapey ones okay
3: (laughs) but the bright side of all the situation too is you gotta think Bigfoot actually whatever if he's real or not he did make quite a bit of money doing all those special Jack Link's beef jerky commercials and Mm -hmm. all the movie businesses and all those other commercials that he's done especially for the recent one with Geico.
1: Yeah, he's doing great. Uh, Good for
3: him. I I hope people drop those charges soon on him.
1: If Bigfoot does exist, and that's possible, I'm open to it. Uh, It is much easier to prove that something exists than to prove it doesn't exist. But if it does, I don't think that it's a missing link between us and other primates. A common misconception about evolution is that we descended from other primates that exist today. And the way it actually works is that us and primates would share a distant common ancestor. And this ancestor would perhaps be a bit chimpy, a bit hominid, but it was neither ship nor human. Um, Its offspring would have somehow become two separate populations that, due to natural selection and environmental pressure, changed into the two separate things that we see today. Um, and if there's two things I know to be true of most mammals us, uh, dogs, fish, chimps, whatever if we can eat it, we will try. If we can mate with it, we will try. <laughs> Any ancient hominids that we know of, we can find some modern DNA evidence that we bred with them. Neanderthals, Homo erectus, Homo habilis, interbreeding happened extensively and regularly. A paper published in Science by biologist Svante Pabo, I don't know if that's how you pronounce that, but I tried really hard, uh, gave <laughs> genetic proof that before we replaced hominids, we mated with them. In fact, all non-Africans, from New Guineans to the French to the Han Chinese, carry between 1% and 4% of Neanderthal DNA. So some people have more than others. Apparently, sneezing when you eat chocolate is linked to Neanderthal traits. I knew
3: it! I knew it!
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... Breaking down the genetic code with computer programs has showed us that uh, we share DNA with Homo erectus, which is referred to as the upright walking man, Homo habilis, which is the tool using man, and others. So in summary for me, does Bigfoot exist perhaps? Does that make him a missing link between us and other primates? Absolutely not. Uh, We are not an exception to certain laws of evolution and our DNA shows that. um, If Bigfoot species were perhaps to share a distant ancestor to us and other primates, that's possible, but it would be separate in evolution because i think it uh we would have mated with it if we could have and
3: it <laughs> everyone in texas yeah fingering their bellies like i'd fuck it but <laughs> <laughs> it probably would have
1: morphed into our dna the way the other hominids did oh god that's great
3: um on my spectrum i so basically i i've come from the the standard belief that with science and evolution that this is not our final form i mean it's probably mm-hmm. going to be another maybe a thousand years before we grow wings or something that like that to adapt to yeah. different surroundings and radiation and all that crap that's going to come after but like, i also come from the belief that there's if you look up for science and everything like that that humans on earth now were basically generated from over 20 different human-like species of extraterrestrial beings and my part of my belief is with bigfoot is he's just like the black sheep of the family like oh like we're just he didn't really work out but we're not going to kill him. we're just gonna drop the few that we have around certain spots of the world and see how they do like the <laughs> sims we just watch over them sometimes we delete the doors. sometimes we delete the ladders for the swimming pools we're just going to let them run and things like that but obviously with any wild animal or predator they they know how to hide if needed they know of all their stealth and their techniques and everything and they they could take care of themselves essentially it's just going to be one day that there's going to be one logger oh let's see this meeting has been upgraded by the host okay yay (laughs) okay um there's gonna be one day that a logger is gonna cut down a tree and all of a sudden there's gonna be one standing there and he's like shit because this thing's 10 feet or nine to 10 feet tall and he's like a standard five to six feet and he's like i i give up (laughs) It's, it's gonna be pretty funny but yeah but i do believe stuff like that is out there i believe that there is credible proof even though he is a master of stealth and hiding. There, there might be something out there that we haven't discovered yet.
2: Oh, my God, Perhaps. dude. What you're saying is Sasquatch ninjas. That's what I'm hearing. Yep. All right. Except in,
3: instead of stars, he throws poop.
2: Oh, this thing writes itself. All right.
1: <laughs> what yeah. if Bigfoot is the creator of the simulation that we experience?
3: If we catch him, we break our dimensional platform.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Finding Bigfoot would be taking the blue pill. Gotcha. Yes.
2: All right. Um, is it my turn? Yep. Okay. Uh, for the fact or bullshit, I'm very much leaning towards shenanigans. Uh, Heather, you kind of <laughs> hit the nail on the head in when you said there's very little, especially in this country, that we haven't found. You know that humans haven't put their mark on, and if it, it did exist, and especially with today's technology, I don't see how we couldn't have found it. Um, there's no rational explanation for it that you know everyone's got a camera on their phone these days there's no way somebody wouldn't have found more feasible evidence than a blurry photo um really the 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 grassman video that i spoke of earlier i think is proof that there's no way this thing can exist at least not in this country so until i hear evidence that it does i'm really leaning towards it not being true
3: and then brian how do you feel about it um i
0: i think i'm kind of on the it exists until until you prove me otherwise kind of thing Mm -hmm. so i know that paul said that with technology that nowadays it would be easy to prove it but maybe you know like the actual book like bigfoot like um lineage is extinct maybe so maybe that's why we don't have like people nowadays um but I think that he's right, though. With technology, we could also find fossils and stuff like that. So maybe if there's, like, any traces, we could find that. Um, but, yeah, I'm basically on the – it exists until I, – I, I don't think it – until evidence proves that it doesn't. So I, I'm hopeful. That That's what I'm going to leave it with, is that I'm hopeful.
2: Hopeful is a good word.
3: Awesome. So, yep. So we'll be back, hopefully, next week. I believe that closes us in that – whether if we call it, our term is "factor bullshit, that we're about 50-50 of the possibility of it. But there's always room for a Bigfoot on this episode if he wants to come out and do an episode with us and not rape us or kill us or anything like that.
2: Uh, um, speak for yourself. Can I throw a quick plug in that I forgot to
3: last episode? Yes. Okay.
2: Uh, Captain Isotope on Retro TV at 8 o'clock where I play Carter Winston. That's it. I just want to throw that out there. Thank you. <laughs> Be awesome.
3: sure to check that out. Yes, it was really good. It's awesome to see us on TV and Paul doing all the amazing things. If you guys haven't seen Killer Rack yet, definitely watch it. It's if yeah, it's you could buy it. Is it still on DVD on Amazon Prime? It's on
2: DVD on Amazon from the old company, and uh, got to keep them quiet. But we're hoping for better distribution news in the near future.
0: If we're throwing out other people's work, sorry to cut you guys off, but I would also like to throw out Pigman uh, for Heather. Uh,
2: oh yeah. I just ordered my copy.
1: Ooh, thank you.
0: It's available on Vimeo on demand, right, Heather? You want to do the honors and, and say the full title for yeah, us? Yeah, it's please?
1: actually on Amazon Prime now as well. Uh, Holland Road Massacre: Legend of Pigman. I played the lead, Lauren. Uh, I think it's very well done for the budget we had.
3: Yeah. I liked it. I, I was yeah, I was there for the premiere watch party online. Because of all the virus going on and everything, a lot of indie filmmakers, instead of doing theatrical premieres, we've been doing online streaming events. So essentially you could rent or buy into the the web screening of the movies and kind of do like an online Q&A with the cast and crew with them. And it's kind of how as actors and directors and everything that we're trying to keep the industry alive in the meantime and trying to offer entertainment and distraction for the world of everything that's going on right now.
2: Now you can buy a hard copy of that too, right Heather? Cause that's I'm pretty sure that's what I just ordered. I think you can a Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I just ordered one of Amir's films and I, I thought that was it.
1: You ordered a scam, Paul. Oh,
0: <laughs> Not again. Uh, Ty, what about you? What what products do you have that people could uh, be on the lookout for?
3: Um, basically, it's the one that involves all of us, which is the upcoming uh, production, Little Green People. Um, our original plan was to begin filming may 3rd but with everything going on we had to postpone until further notice so hopefully all this virus crap will be done by fall time and we could get things running on there um other things you can follow i'm on youtube i put a couple of my original films up there too um you just have to search either my name tyler chaman or lc films and entertainment for the page and there's mainly i specify in like comedy skits or kind of like zombie stuff things like that but Other than that, I'm not that active on Twitter, but if you go on my Instagram, I have over 10,500 posts, so you could kind of creep into my life. If you want to email me what exactly my first photo was, I'll send you something cool, because I know exactly when it was and what was taken.
0: (laughs) And I have nothing out right now, but I'm Brian Dude, man. And so Ty's going to do the honors of closing us out again. Uh, But just saying like what, what we can expect from the next episode, what, what, what creature are you looking forward to next one? What, what do you think was a possible uh, creature? We have have
3: so many, so many things to talk about. So I know the next ones we want to look into was the Loch Ness Monster. Um, We also wanted to look possibly into Mothman, ghost hunt sightings, things along those lines. Um. I remember there's a list of like 50 things I wrote down of possible topics. And one of them I want to get into down the road is the haunting at Hinsdale, which it was a very messed up night I lived through with, it was with the ghost hunting team for basically what was going to be a TV pilot for sci-fi channel. And it got picked up by a different network that I was just a special guest on, but I had the worst experience of my life. It traumatized me for five years and I can't wait to tell the firsthand story of it. (laughs) For When we get into like ghosts in the occult and everything, but, I know we definitely want to do this—the origin of the Sphinx—and yeah, I think Loch Ness might be our next episode if you guys are up for it. Or, sure. that's actually one of my favorites. Good. So, all of you, too- all the listeners, know basically what we're doing is we split up the categories on each cryptid into four, and each of us kind of researches them separately, and we just kind of share information back and forth. Then we form together the episode, record it, and submit it to you guys. So, whether if you're kicking back at home or driving somewhere that you're going to need like quite a bit of stuff to listen to we'll try to keep you entertained with our comedy and our science stuff whether it be fact or fiction
0: and that'll do it for this episode we'll see you again guys next week
3: All right, stay safe everyone
0: so podcast listeners thank you so much for tuning in don't forget that we are available on iTunes, Spotify, and Radio Public I've been Brian Deedman. I'm Ty Chaman. I'm Paul McGinnis.
1: And I'm Heather Dunn.
0: And we will see you all next week.